Welcome to Shas Illuminated. Please enjoy the following shear. I think we might be about to bring Mashiach, by the way, because if you would know how many things made me almost not make it here tonight, you would not believe it. Literally, Levi, is that accurate? Literally, how many things went wrong. So, something was saying, don't go, don't go. So, I'm... I'm expecting something, something's going to explode tonight. This week, this week's Parsha, we're going we're gonna to hear the story of Amalek's attack on Baal Yisrael and the mitzvah that we have to destroy Amalek. I want to take a few minutes to describe one of the very insidious and fundamental things that Amalek does to bring us down, and it's important because he does it today. He does it at Hayyim, so it's important to recognize it. But let me start with this. Something fascinating. In Parshas B'Shalach, where it says the story of the attack of Amalek, we're going to read Parshas Kiseitze, where it says the mitzvah of destroying Amalek. But in Parshas B'Shalach, it says the story of what happened. So, it says that Moshe told Yeshua, choose men for us and go fight Amalek. Bechar lanu anoshim v'tzehi lochem ba'amalek. And Chazal learn a halacha from the word lanu, that Moshe made Yeshua an equal. He said, choose men for us. You know, we're equals here, but we need men, so choose men for us. Chazal learn uh, instructions to a Rebbe. And the instruction is that le'olam yehei kavay talmidcha chaviv olecha kishalcha. The honor of your Talmud should be as important to you as your own Kavod. So that's a very, very strong um, obligation. And by the way, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch. In Yerudeh, it's brought in Shulchan Aruch in the halachas of teaching Talmidim that the Kavod of your Talmidim should be as important to you as your own Kavod. It doesn't mean you stand up when your Talmud walks into a room, obviously, because it's a certain type of relationship. But in the way that's appropriate for a Rebbe to interact with the Talmud, it has to be with an incredible sense of the covet of the Talmud. That's a beautiful halacha and a beautiful remez from the Pasuk. And yet we're left like not understanding why the Torah chose the war against Amalek as the appropriate place to teach us that halacha. Wouldn't you have assumed that such a halacha would be learned like from the story of Matan Torah? Or something like that? When they're picking the warriors to fight Amalek, oh stop! You have to be mechavev, you tell me them. Now, now you're telling that to me? Okay. So let's go on a little trip. There's a, a, a little bit of a journey to discover what Amalek was trying to do. If we discover what Amalek was trying to do, we'll understand why this halacha is here. There's a... 
There's a medrash in the beginning of Parshas Pekude that we laid last week. And that medrash, already last week, we start getting clues to what's, what's happening here. The medrash says that when they gave an accounting of the kalim of the Mishkan, so Moshe Rabbeinu got into trouble. Moshe Rabbeinu forgot what he did with some of the silver, and um, and and Klal Yisrael was chayshid that he stole it. So what happened? Moshe Rabbeinu sits down and he says, "Okay, silver. They're up to the silver. You know, they're they're going through. The books are out. The accountants are sitting there. You know, the, the and and Moshe Rabbeinu says, silver. Okay, well, let's see. There are a hundred kikar of silver." And um, and they went to the Adonim, which are the silver shoes, so to speak, that went on the bottom of the Krushim to hold up the Krushim. Good? So the, the, the people that were there said to Moshe, there were not a hundred kikar of silver. There was a hundred kikar plus 1,775 shekels. What happened to the 1,775 shekels? insinuating, it seems, that Moshe might have pocketed it. You know Moshe, the one who stayed on the mountain for 120 days? The one who was ready to give up his life for Klal Yisrael? The one who split the sea? Yeah, maybe he stole 1,700... Does this sound as ridiculous to you as it does to me? Maybe he stole 1,775 shekel because he desperately needed a second car. (laughs) You know, is that... Seriously? And then Chazal say that Moshe started davening to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem help me out here, and finally HaKadosh Baruch Hu was mayor enough that he realized that there's more silver in the Mishkan than that. Because the, there's something called Vavin. The Vavin are Vavin. A Vav is a hook. So there are hooks. And the hooks hold up the curtains that are, that are in the... the um, that, are, that create the Chatzar of the Mishkan. So at the outside of the Mishkan, there are these silver hooks, and the extra 1,775 shekels were, were used to form these probably large hooks that held, these, uh, that held the curtains. Moshe was so happy that he started thanking HaKadosh Baruch Hu, praises, and the whole thing is so mysterious. They thought he stole it, and, 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 and why did he forget what does it mean that he forgot? Really? Okay, now, if, there's, if any of you are thinking like, what do you mean? Maybe he forgot. Okay, I just want to, I want to talk to that guy, okay? If there's anybody here that's thinking that, I want to share with you my theory. It's a good theory. You'll use it again, I promise you, okay? My theory is called the, I named it, it's called the Rav Chaim Kanievsky theory. Okay, have any of you been to Rav Chaim? Okay, okay, a few of you have been there. Okay, here's my Rav Chaim Kanievsky theory. Ready? Anything that you are not willing to suspect Rav Chaim Kanievsky of, you cannot suspect Moshe Rabbeinu of. Fair? Fair? Okay, would we think Rav Chaim Kanievsky forgot about the Vav and Lamudim? Now, what do you mean? He knows Kalatayra Kula. Probably the nice Natayra also knows Kalatayra Kula. Okay, fair? Okay, so, so we have a problem here, right? Let's see if we can figure out what's going on. The shot is like this. Klal Yisrael 
is made up of individuals. Each individual has his journey, his challenges, his opportunities, his path. We're, we're, you know, even even if you look at a group of people and they look very similar, we know that that's just the way it looks on the outside. But on the inside, we all have our own unique path. There were Yidin that were closer to Hashem and had an easier time connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And there were Yidin that were more de- distant and they had a more difficult time connecting with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when they gave their half shekel to the Mishkan, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said as follows. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, every single Yid has a place in the Mishkan. It doesn't matter how hard your challenge is. It doesn't matter how far away you are. It doesn't matter how distant. You know, unfortunately today to our tremendous Tsar, there are Yidin that don't even know that they're Yidin. They're so far away. It doesn't matter. Every Yid is part of the Mishkan. The Mishkan is the world of serving Hashem. However, some people are further in and some people are further out. For the bulk of Klal Yisrael, the 600,000 of Klal Yisrael, they, their silver half shekels went to the Adonim underneath the Shkala, the, the, the Kroshim. But for those who were struggling and hadn't yet reached their, their Tafkid, their half shekels went to the hooks that were hanging a little bit more distant. Right? Makes sense. And that's what that 1,775 shekels represent. And to explain the medrash, you think deeply into a medrash. We learn how to how to listen, to listen well to a medrash. What went on is as follows. Do you know that sometimes you could meet someone whose life is such a disaster that you think, I don't know what Hashem brought him into this world for. But, obviously we know and we were taught that there is a purpose and an accomplishment and a reason for the existence of, existence of every single person. I once heard a Rav say that that's, that's why we compare um, that's why we say in, in Sukkot de Zimra, we say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes out all the stars, right? We say in Halaluka, Kitav Zamra, says, Every star has a name. Now, when you go outside and look at the stars, you can probably see the stars here, right? When you go outside and look at the stars, you think to yourself, they all have a name? You know what a name means. A name means a purpose, an identity. Oh, they all look the same to me. They don't all have the same name, though, which means they don't all have the same purpose. And the same thing is true with Klal Yisrael. Every single Yid has a purpose. Every single Yid has something to accomplish. But what is the purpose of every Yid? Oh, you need to be Moshe Rabbeinu to figure that out. Sometimes you need a Gada like Moshe Rabbeinu to understand how each Yid connects to the Mishkan. So when Moshe was making an accounting of what happened with the silver, it was easy for him to remember the makayim of the 600,000 yidin that formed the Adonim under the Krashim. 
when he forgot the other silver, it's not so simple that he just forgot the cheshbon. Don't forget our Rav Chaim Kanievsky theory. The pshat is that he couldn't connect those people to the Mishkan in his mind. They said to Moshe, maybe you took it. Maybe you took that money. They didn't mean for that second car. They meant maybe you didn't add it to the Mishkan. Maybe you're using it for other things. You know, the custodian also needs to be paid. Maybe you're using it for other Tzarechei but you didn't feel like there's a place in the Mishkan for those people. Moshe Rabbeinu was horrified. He started davening to Hashem until Hashem showed him a path for every single year to be part of the Mishkan. And that's when he said, no, it's the Vavim Lamudim. Now I remember. Now I discovered the Makkah where every year plugs into the Mishkan. Rabbi Isai, Amalek has a Shita. And our Vavim are very, very, very good simon to it. Amalek has a shita that a Jew that's not on a high madrega, Hashem doesn't care about. Amalek thinks that what makes us special is only when we do special things. Like, um, my Rabbeim taught me that Rav Hufner used to say, that there are two, we're heading into Purim, there are two types of joy that a Yid has. A Yid has joy with what he's accomplished, but he also has joy that he is a Jew. Just the fact that he's a Jew is already a reason to rejoice. Without any accomplishment. Of course, the accomplishments, that's a whole other world of Simpson. But just shaloi asani goi. Hashem, I'm part of this unbelievable nation. That's enough. Amalek doesn't believe that. Amalek thinks there's nothing special about us. If we work hard and accomplish, so then he, he gives in that it could be Hashem cares about us. How do I know this? Well, who did Amalek attack? Right? Amalek attacked those that were out of the Anane Akavoy. Why did Amalek attack those people? Because Amalek, Amalek holds that Hashem is not going to destroy him for that. Hashem is not going to take him down for, 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 for killing Jews that are not on a, on a high madrega. How do I know that this Messiah of Amalek lasted until the days of the Megillah? The Vavim will show us. Achashverosh wants to buy off the Jews, right? I'm sure there are some people here that went through Masech to Megillah in honor of Purim. So, you you uh, you guys learned Megillah? So, so Haman, uh, 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 I'm, I'm sorry, Haman offered to Achashverosh 10,000 loaves of silver to buy off the Jews, right? Why did why 10,000 loaves of silver? So Taisvah says on Daft Tezayin that 10,000 loaves of silver equals a half a shekel for how many Jews? 600,000. Were there 600,000 Jews? No. There were like 603,500 or something. The extra 1,775 shekels Haman did not pay offer to Ahasuerus money for. He, you realize that? He just did 600,000. 
But no, but there was more than 600,000 by that first collection of, of half shekels. Because Hamel was like, oh, those, the Vavim Lamudim? Who cares about the Vavim Lamudim? So he never offered the money. That was a fatal mistake for him. Oh. I want to, parenthetically, I want to share with you an exciting addition to this. If you're following this Vavim Lamudim idea, I think that you'll really appreciate. I saw last week that the Pnei Menachem, who's the previous Gera Rebbe, brings in his Sefer in the name of the Imre Emes, who's two Gera Rebbe's before him, who brings the Sefer called the Eulaloi Safrayim, who says, without any explanation, that when Moshe passed away, the Medrash says, there's different Shittas, it's a Gemara and Tmura, but Chazal say that Klal Yisrael forgot 1700 Halachas. And the Eulalois of Ephraim said, yeah, well, that's because Moshe forgot about the 1,700 shekels. What's the connection? According to what we're saying, it's so beautiful. Because every single Jew has a chelak in Torah, right? The same chelkenu b'sayra secha. So if Moshe could forget... 1700 Yidin, how they connect to Avodah Hashem, that meant that, and then he finally remembered. But when he was Nifter, the effect of that forgetting was that the Torah that corresponds to those 1700 Vavim Lamudim went away. Does anybody know who returned them to us? What? Asniel ben Kanaz, that's right, the first Shafit. Asniel ben Kanaz. If you come over to me afterwards, I'll tell you why him. Oh, now I understand. Now I understand that when Moshe is getting ready to fight Amalek, the uppermost thing on his mind is that everyone has a value. Not just that everyone has a value, but that everyone has an infinite value. So when Moshe spoke to Yeshua, he spoke to him like an equal. This is the time to respect that the Rebbe, who's the source of Torah, is respecting the Talmud, who's the vessel for Torah, and saying, we're the same. Hashem put me here, Hashem put you there, but we're the same. You know when we have a similar thing? We have a similar idea when we do Hagba with the Sefer Torah, which is brought in Masech to Seferim, Hagba. It's a very, very, very old minhag. And the Maral says that the idea of Hagba is that the Balkaira is like the Rebbe, right? But he picks up the Sefer and he shows it to the Talmidim. As if to say, I don't have any special line. We're in this together. We're learning together. I'm the generation before, so I could teach it to you. But here, it's right here. That's the idea of Hagba, the Maral says. And that's the Bechar Lonu Anoshim, Yehei Kavay Talmidcha, Chaviv Alecha Keshelcha. It occurs to me (coughs) 
You know, I, I, I arrived here on Monday afternoon. And I spoke a bunch of times since then. And I said, I said pieces of what I just told you in different places, but I never said what I just told you. And what I'm about to say, I didn't say anywhere. So this is a treat just for you. And it's the most delicious piece of all. I think that that's why there's an idea of Purim, on Purim, of Adeloyada. In other words, it doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter how much I know. Adeloyada. There's no difference between the Gadol Hadar and the plumber, or the water carrier, or the Chaytev Eitzim, the Chaytev Eitzecha, Shayev Meimecha, like the Pasuk says. It doesn't matter. Because the war against Amalek is not about our accomplishments. It's about the fact that we are inherently, infinitely precious to Hashem. That's the joy of Purim, the joy of Shaloya Sanigai, the joy of Asher Bachar Banu Mikolo Amen. That's the joy of, of, of Purim, because that's the battle against Amalek. So that's why the, the Gemara says, Chayev Inish Levsume Bepurya Adeloyada. You don't, you don't need das today to show that you're special. Today, you just need to be a Jew. I, I wonder if, like, you know, we, we dress up, we act silly. What are we doing? We're B'nai Torah, we're proud, we're majestic. On Purim, we say, that's true. But it doesn't matter. Hashem loves us no matter what. Oh, there's much, there's, there's levels of beauty in Torah and godless and accomplishment for sure. But the foundation is that I am infinitely special and loved by Akadosh Baruch. Anybody that asks a parent, "Do you love me?" and the parent says, "Of course I love you," and you say, "Why?" and he says, "Well, because you're smart and good-looking and talented and athletic." That's a problem. A red flag right there. Because the real answer is, because you're my son. And that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says to us. Amalek attacks. It's just so, it's amazing. You know, you hear the parsha of Amalek, you're going to hear it this week. And it sounds like a call to arms, which it really is. <coughs> Kill Amalek! You would think it would awaken in us like a certain, like, sense of gvura. Kill Amalek! You know what it awakens in me when I hear the parsha of Amalek? I, 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 I turn into mush, okay? It wakens in me so much love because I, I hear Hashem saying, if you start up with my son, if you start up with my weak, challenged son, if you start up with my son, who I'm having some trouble with because he doesn't listen to me, I will never forgive you. Don't start up with my son. Could be better than that. It sounds like this like powerful call to arms, but what it really is is, I, is the loudest "I love you" that Hashem could possibly tell us. Nobody messes with Michael Al Yisrael. There's a lot of important things to take from this idea. I want to share, I think I still have a few minutes, 
I want to share, I'm going to end very soon. I have this very strong shita that I really, I'll violate it maybe once every year or two, like that, of not going overtime. Okay, I think it is a, I could be that I couldn't handle it when I was a bacher. I couldn't handle the overtime. Not that I'm saying anything against people that go overtime. Sometimes people are just so possessed with love of Torah that they just have to go overtime. But I have a thing, and my thing is, I'll stop in the middle of the sentence. It's time to stop, I'm done. I want to point out two things to you. Halacha Lamaisa right now that you can use to grow and to develop as B'nai Torah and Talmidei Chacham and based on what we're saying. Moshe told Yeshua, Bechar lonu anoshim. Choose for us anoshim. What are anoshim? Anoshim doesn't just mean men. Anoshim always means chash of men. I just opened up the Rashi. Anoshim, giboyrim v'yirei chait. Anoshim means chash There's a lesson there. The lesson is... Moshe realizes if I want Yeshua to, to be makir people's godless I have to help him be makir his own godless so where he says the lanu that's to tell him to choose hush of people if we have a Talmud and we want that Talmud to connect with people that have a godless to them we don't have to tell that to the Talmud we just have to treat the Talmud with godless we have to treat him as someone who's great and then he will identify himself that way and connect with people that are great. So Bechar Lanu Anoshim. That's one lesson. The second lesson is our Chiyav of Mechiyas Amalek. Because you know how I keep saying that Amalek holds that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't care about people that struggle? That Amalek lives in our heads. And when we have a misstep in our Ravaita Hashem, when we have a failure, when we feel disappointed in ourselves, when we feel like we could have done better, we all have big dreams, that voice, that Amalek inside of us says, you're, you're, you're a nobody, I, I knew this all along. You are a nobody. Not just that, but we have this way of destroying ourselves and our heads. I have a theory, I've been saying this for years, and I wish there was a way to test it. I, maybe someone will come up with a way, but I, I think it's a true thing. I think that you have ways that you talk, let's say, to your siblings, to your friends, or to the, to the workers that come in to clean the yeshiva. You have ways that you talk to them. I suspect that many of us talk to ourselves in the most lowly abusive way more than any other human being that we speak to. We call ourselves losers. We call, Much worse, I'm using clean language. We call ourselves everything. We work hard on ourselves. And that's a mistake. Because the foundation is that we are infinitely important to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. 
We are infinitely special. That's the foundation, that inherent simcha. Any godless that we will ever achieve in learning, knowing mesechtas, knowing halakab of shulchan aruch, achieving, growing, refining our midas, will be built on the knowledge that number one, we're infinitely special to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Now we could start building. But that's the foundation. When we disappoint ourselves, so then it's important for us to be Makayim, Machay Timcha Ezeicher Amalek. Don't let Amalek whisper into your ear that 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 means something about who you are. Because you are a Jew. And that's all. That's all. this halacha that a Rebbe has to treat his Talmidim has to be mechavev, the covet of a Talmud like his own was special to me when I was a Talmud, I'm still a Talmud but in my role as a Talmud was very special to me honestly, it's more special in my role as a Rebbe because it reminds me to look at my Talmidim and to see their greatness the altar from Slabotka became a mashgiach in Slabotka. And after about six months, he told someone, I'm really getting used to this job. I'm getting to know all the guys. I already know all of their milas, and some of them I even learned their chesreinus. Can you see his priorities from that? That's, that's the way someone connects with people. And it's important. You know, we come here... To, to talk about landers. Everyone has their own, their own journey and their own place. And, and, um, and those of you that will join us, I look forward to continuing to talk and learning with you. But wherever you go in your life and whoever you connect with, and my understanding is that that's the way it is over here, this yeshiva, connect with Rabbeim that bring out, that you can tell, that you can feel, that you can experience, that the Rebbe sees you as someone chashuv. That the Rebbe sees that you're infinitely special. And if you feel like your Rebbe sees that in you, that will teach you, that's a Bechar Lanu Anasha moment, and that will teach you to look at the world that way also, to, to see yourself as a Gada. And I'm going to end with that, with a bracha and a tefillah, that we should all have this chus to first of all learn Torah from people that see what we are, and second of all, and maybe even more importantly, that we should always see what we are. Have an amazing Purim, guys, and thank you for being here. You have been listening to a shir from shasilluminated.org. For other shiurim on many topics, or to hear an eon shir on any dafin shas, including Myron McClaimus on each shir, please visit www.shasilluminated.org. To order CDs or for more information, please call 203-312-SHAS, that's 203-312-7427, or email info at shasilluminated.org.